for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by the one and only Scott Washington, local historian extraordinaire to look back at this week in history. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Aaron. Well, it is always... Uh, good to be here, and when I hear that music, I always feel uplifted, and I think that's a that's good good thing. Okay, well, this is an interesting week in history. Um, there is uh, something that happens on the 21st of uh, September, um, and it's here in North Carolina in 1862, and uh, 22 uh, fugitives uh, board sailing boats and down near. Uh, Wilmington, and they escape slavery. Mm. And when I say fugitives, of course, well, that's how, you know, people assuming that, well, these people, we own them, and no. And so to put the lie to the idea that, yeah, that people used useful skills, <laughs> that slavery, no, if people had a chance, they would escape, and these people did. Um, and we know about it in part because uh, one of the people on board uh, was a fellow named William B. Gould, mm. who's a plasterer, um, and he wrote a diary, which says something about the power of narrative mm -hmm. and how important that is to uh, to remember. And so if you're in the middle of things, keep writing down your notes, and who knows, somebody will say, oh my gosh, this is just what we need, and that's true with that. But it, it always uh, I'm always surprised when people paint this uh, a genteel idea of slavery. And I said, if you look at the newspapers of the 19th century, especially around Hillsborough, mm -hmm. uh, you find people are escaping, and there's always these looking for escape this and escape that. And the only reason slavery existed be is because of guns, dogs, knives, yeah. <laughs> laws, and, uh, and fear intimidation. But it's not because people wanted to voluntarily right, right. be a part of it. So that's one. Now, there are some women that pop up this week uh, all around September 22nd and 23rd that are so interesting, and we've never heard of them, or we don't hear of them very often. Uh, one is named Victoria Woodhull, uh, Woodhull uh, who was born uh, on September 23rd, 1838, and uh, she was a person who was very entrepreneurial and could have just been fine in that category. In fact, she starts a brokerage house on Wall Street is and is successful, even starts a newspaper. If that wasn't enough, um, she was extremely strong on uh, women's rights and especially the women's right to vote. And so uh, she gets nominated by an equal rights party in 1872 mm -hmm. uh, for president of the United States. She's not technically 35, which of course the Constitution calls for, uh, for president, but it doesn't matter. It's a principle. And the Equal Rights Party even nominates as her running mate Frederick Douglass, who didn't know about it, didn't campaign, wasn't, uh, you know, this was a talk. I hope someone surprise. told him at some point. Right? <laughs> I think they did. That's right. He gets at least the fame. There you go. Um, and she goes on and uh, uh, she doesn't. I think he was known before yes, 1872, right. at least. Uh, she does not receive any electoral votes, uh, but um, eventually she will move to England. And, um, uh, and and marry there, and uh, she her big claim to fame in England is she goes on to become a champion for educational reform, including the kindergarten movement. So kind of an extraordinary okay. woman in her own own right. Another one uh, that pops up is a woman uh, this week born in 1863, born during the Civil War, African American Mary Church Terrell, and um, when she was born. Again, she was interested in education, 
Um, and then uh, and thought that might have ended her story, except she had a friend uh, who was uh, lynched in Memphis uh, because his business competed with other people. Now, mm-hmm. this is similar, you know, when we think of Wilmington in 1897 and what happens there, again, it was this jealousy and by whites uh, against prosperous blacks. And in this case, he, this fellow lost his life, uh, Thomas Moore, uh, but she becomes an advocate and a strong uh, proponent of working to change things. Mm. In fact, um, she advances uh, this this idea of lifting as we climb, that the more people that we can lift as we go. Yep. And uh, so it's not fighting as much against except fighting for. Right. And that changes how, how things are perceived. The only thing is she, she really thought that, uh, that suffrage, women's right to vote, since here she was born in a time when that wasn't, and also African-American rights were intertwined. Mm. And uh, so she felt very much very much that she needed to be a part of both of those. Mm. The interesting thing about this, Erin, is when uh, she is 86 in 1950, she's in Washington, D.C. Now, you know, this is an extraordinary woman who's, you know, born during the Civil War, uh, gets through suffrage, gets through all this, gets through Brown versus Board of Education, then in 1960, um, she is uh, trying to eat at a restaurant, and they won't. Re- they refuse to serve her because, right. of course, of her color. And uh, so, in 1950, she challenges that. And uh, three years later, the Supreme Court rules that segregation in eating facilities was unconstitutional, which changes everything. It just right. shifts, uh, as we know many times. Those subtle but important shifts mm-hmm. change history. This is another example of like the the Supreme Court making that move in the 1950s yeah. and 60s. We think about Brown versus Board of Education, but yeah. there were all these other cases as well. Like Brown was about schools, and right. then this case was about restaurants, and then there was another case about buses and public right. transportation, and this, this, and the other. Just like another Domino's. case about like yeah. grad schools and colleges and K-12 right. schools. Each had separate cases as well. So That's there's right. a lot of those those little moves and individual people at the center of them who stood up against against oppression, every single one of those cases had individuals and families and organizations that were fighting the good fight against adversity. And I wish I could say that was the only time, of course, we know the Greensboro of four who protest about not being able to be served, and in uh, Durham, the Royal Ice Cream Company. So, I mean... Well, we'll talk about this. Uh, we'll actually get to talk about this on the air tomorrow with the Watts Grill in, oh, in Chapel Hill, yeah. which was uh, which was right across from where Southern Village is yeah. now in 15501. There's a church there now in that building that used to have Strata Solar in it, and that's oh, the really? site of Watts Grill. That was a really hardcore segregationist restaurant wow. in the 1960s, and in 64, there was a, a sit-in for integration, which got met oh. with some pretty violent backlash uh, from yeah. the from the Watts Grill folks, but they're going to be putting up a, a historical marker this Wonderful. weekend there. So, yeah. Oh, well, I can't wait to hear that. See, this is yeah. why you have to listen to WCHL <laughs> because there's so many good... Another, but another, another spot, good, like another Greensboro, spot, yes. Woolworths, the, the, yes. the ice cream counter, Watts Grill, talk about uh, the... I'm blanking on the name of the restaurant in, uh, on West Franklin Street where they had the, the sit-in mm-hmm. in 1961... Um, yes. The Chapel Hill Nine, like a whole, like every yes. single one of those individual places. And in the case of Mary Church Terrell, uh, here she is. It's 1953. The Supreme Court rules, but yet, you know, there are people who just dig in their heels and say, "Well, we're not going to recognize that. We don't care what the Supreme Court gets." Well, it does matter, and history shows that it matters. Yep. Um, Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, history matters. Uh, one more. What do we got? Good. Okay. This is a, a, a an interesting woman. 
uh, Junko Tabai, uh, Japan, born in 1939. So she's growing up uh, during World War II, but that's not really the interesting part is that um, she begins uh, a process of wanting to, goes on some climbs, goes on some hikes, and then she really gets, gets this bug of, uh, of, of seeing what, what she can do in terms of climbing, and so she begins to climb more and more. Um, she tends to take some jobs, but this is her passion, and eventually uh, she meets and marries a mountain climber, and uh, she begins to empower women, saying she gets women together. Now, this is a time when Japan was also very uh, regimented in terms of male-female roles. And she begins to say, we can do something else. So she organizes climbing expeditions uh, and even makes her own clothes because there really isn't anything like that that she could find. Uh, and uh, perhaps her most famous climb is Mount Everest. Um, she goes up with a group of women. They go so far, and then it's they can only have one person. They elect her to be uh, the woman. She does, and she's the first woman, though. You know, she gets a lot of fame, but she said, I'm just the 36th person to climb right, <laughs> the right. mountain, uh, to summit uh, the mountain. She goes on, and uh, she also climbs uh, the other major mountains, uh, the seven peaks around the continent, around the world, the seven summits. And um, what's interesting is that uh, she does this her whole life, and she's encouraging uh, kids to be active, a real kind of inspiration. But I love her motto, and it's one that we can all adopt. It's good for any time. Do not give up. Keep on your quest. Isn't that great? I like it. <laughs> so these are all people who have done great things, whether it's uh, the, the, the folks who were formerly enslaved in Wilmington escaping slavery, uh, to the woman running for president at a time when they, she couldn't even vote, uh, to uh, the African-American woman, uh, Mrs. Churchill, who uh, uh, goes up and decides, you know what, uh, this isn't right that I'm being denied service, Mary Church Terrell, and uh, then, of course, uh, uh, Ms. Tabai, uh, Junko Tabai, who climbs a mountain, keep on your quest, uh, uh, don't give up. And that's how history matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much. Thank you. Colonial Drug, by the way. That was the place in 1960 oh, for the Chapel Hall 9. Excellent. Well, Had I to get that one in the, as well. I, I was going to say, is that a history trivia? I, you've just won. <laughs> just won. <laughs>